This is the Norse Wilderness Podcast. We sit down to talk about wild things and wild places. I am an enthusiast for an adventurous lifestyle and your host, Justin Stearns. I am joined here by my son, another lover of the outdoors, and your co-host, Tyson. This is an explicit podcast. If cussing offends you, my apologies. Welcome back. Once again, to bring it up, we do have the swear jar here. What's the swear jar, dude? It's a jar you put money in if you swear. Mm-hmm. So if you hear the fucking noise of, that's me putting money in. It'll all go towards conservation at the end. I'm not sure when, but probably the end of the year, we will donate this to one of our conservations that we want to support, like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, the Mule Deer Foundation, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Whatever we come up with, might do something fun to pick out what that is. But this is, I believe, episode number seven. We're going to do talk about shed hunting today. What do you think about that? Fun uh, thing to talk about. Yeah, I can't wait for it, other than the new news that's floating around is they did close it down till May 1st in Utah, so we cannot shed hunt anything till May 1st. I kind of agreed with the closure at first, but now after reading some of the comments on it and talking to some folks about it, not really sure if it makes sense. I get that they're shutting it down to prevent any extra activity out there, but yet there's still going to be spring bear season, people running hounds around all over the mountain in April. I mean, then you've got people out riding their side-by-sides, their four-wheelers, their ATV, just out going for a ride. Everybody's got cabin fever, and they're going to want to get out, and people do. They get out and do whatever they can. And then, how are they going to police this? I know I heard that, yeah, they can put GPS trackers in some shed horns. They drill a little hole in them, put a little GPS tracker in them, so that if you end up picking up a shed when you're not supposed to, they can come find you and fine you for it. I think they said the fine's going to be $136. For antler? I don't know. That's just what it is, and I bet it is a per per antler offense. Because $136, someone picks up a nice six-point, and they're like, well, I can pay for that with one shed and still go do it. So I would think the fine would have to be a lot higher than that in order to actually kind of police it. And they did say in their article they are going to provide more conservation Keep officers out quiet. there. I mean, you shouldn't say that. Then they're just going to find us more. Like, <laughs> oh, if you want to pay us more money, then whatever. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about a lot about shed hunting. Kind of sad that they're closing it. Yeah, me too. It's a bummer. I don't know if I'm going to live. Me too, because... I was going to start going out and scouting out where they're at right now, because I know, talking to Pat that has been out, he's found a couple already when he's been out uh, lion hunting. He's mm. found a couple in the road the other day. So, I mean, he said back in December, most of the mule deer were dropping already. wonder why that is. I don't know. got to do with the climate... I really think it has a lot to do with climate and their feed source. Like, if they're not getting enough food, then they're probably going to drop earlier. So, they're they're probably still, like, really fresh. Because, I mean, I can't imagine them dropping before that. Yeah. Probably within, like, the month. Because, I mean, I never knew they could even drop that early. I, I figured they would just drop a little bit before and after the normal time they'd drop. Well, shed hunting is defined as gathering 
of shed antlers in the wild often to sell. And it used to be in Utah you could gather them year-round, except February 1st, April 15th, you had to have that gathering course, the shed antler gathering ethics course that Utah offers. You know, in 2022, I've mentioned this before, but in 2022, over 20,000 people took the course. That's a lot of people out there just shed hunting. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's why they're closing it. It's like, that's 20,000 people out, less out pushing them around. I don't know. Kind of upset about it, but we'll do what they say, I guess. Oh, I've been watching a bunch of videos before <laughs> that, because I was like so excited for shed hunting. I think we're just, is there any places out of state that we can go? I've checked Colorado and Wyoming, and they both don't start till May 1st. What about Nevada? Nevada would be a nine-hour drive from here. Oh, yeah. So that'd be a one hell of a trip. That'd be like a full weekend. <laughs> More than a weekend. You got a day on each side traveling, so that's why I only checked Wyoming and Colorado, because it's the only place close enough for us to really do it. They both have time. Mm-hmm. But the reasons they close it down is... The amount of snowfall we had in Utah, and they're worried about winter kill. I mean, this time of year we're coming up on is the hardest time of year for them. There's hardly any feed left, so they get real dormant during this time of year. They don't want to run around as much as they can because they're trying to survive. They only have so much fat left on their body, and they have to make it last till they can start getting enough nutrition. And, like, just outside of our house where we live in town, there's, like mountains of snow so if we were to push them up too much higher they'd really be difficult to not waste energy i've heard uh up on the top of diamond has almost 20 feet we should go check that out we should we will confirm that guys that's just what i was heard we'll go check it out 20 feet that's like antarctica status yeah be careful where you walk why 20 feet if you fall down you're you're done (laughs) yeah you're dead there's no getting out of that. So yeah, like we said, Colorado, it don't start till May 1st. In 2018, Colorado Parks and Wildlife Commission voted unanimously to prohibit shed antler and horn collection on all public lands west of I-25 from January 1st through April 30th annually. In addition to further protect Gunnison sage-grouse, the new regulations include a time of day closure in the Gunnison Basin, May 1st through the 15th, from sunset 10 a.m. to the closure applies on public lands. In game management units, 54, 55, 66, 67, and 551. We hunted unit 54 two years ago. That's where I got Bambi. Yeah, he's tiny. <laughs> there's some big deer over there, though. Yeah, the one uh, big deer he's seen is. But there's a lot of private over there as well. But mule deer really try to conserve their energy expenditure during winter months due to lack of food. Shed antler hunting is an engaging and rewarding outdoor recreation opportunity for many, but it can have unintended consequences on mule deer populations. Mule deer are susceptible to stress during winter months because of the harsh conditions and reduced available habitat. Stress associated with the movement is and displacement of mule deer by shed antler hunters adds to their psychological strain. Psychological strain? Hmm. Do we need to be hiring therapists <laughs> for a deer now? <laughs> Let's invite him inside and sit him down on the couch and like, so, 
that guy out there walking all over your habitat with a uh, gathering up your horns that you just leave laying around that's really bothering you that piss you off does that make you want to get a gun and go just like mass murder <laughs> uh. oh my god I pulled this right off that flyer and apparently I didn't read it closely enough the first time because I did not realize what it said wow you know is there going to be a <laughs> therapist license now is that the next permit <laughs> oh shit that's a good one you should get a, like a, a whiteboard just for all the weird things you hear on this <laughs> oh shit hey. oh. oh man <laughs> he called me out on that one uh, potentially reduces their survival to spring from psychological strain <laughs> Oh, my bad, guys. I'm sorry for that. Well, I'll try to get back on topic here. Some state and federal agencies have statutes and regulations to protect wintering mule deer and other wildlife, but have held limited success. Hmm. Certainly, the negative consequences of shed antler hunting can and should be reduced to ensure recreational opportunity. Does not... Sorry, guys. I'm rereading this. To ensure... Can and should be reduced to ensure recreation opportunity. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're so they're suggesting that it should be reduced to ensure recreational opportunity does not have an impact on overwintering mule deer and other wildlife. I'm not really sure what overwintering term means, but education is needed apparently for to. Uh, help these public agencies I'm not really sure how I land on this before I said I agreed with it but now I'm not so sure and the more I get into it and maybe it's because I'm pissed off that I can't go shed hunting and I know that there's going to be loads of people that still do um, I mean I'll follow the rules as long as this was determined by biological science and not social science like how much of shutting this down is social science how much of this is people in the DNR or whatever you want to call it saying oh we're pushing them around too hard people are on Facebook bitching that people are out there pushing them around too hard during their most vital time of year in which I, I do get that point but is it really impacting them? Is there any true biological science that is saying this is pushing them around? Yeah I mean or is it just put into like okay running and moving burns calories these deers can't replace them so we're just going to shut it down that's like <clears throat> I, what i don't get is this is public land so we should be able to do this i don't I'm, know i'm sure there's still gonna be a bunch of people that do it oh i guarantee you there is what about once this is lifted when we can go back to shed hunting what about all those expensive gps putting all them out oh who knows if they'll actually do that i've just heard of it i was talking about her uh was listening to that uh meteor podcast about shed hunting when we were going to vegas and they were talking about how they did this up in jackson because it's closed to shed hunting like year round except for one day or whatever it is that so, one day would be entirely spent on shed hunting if that oh, was us. hundreds and thousands of people go do it because there's so many shed antlers on these mountains but uh 
we were listening to that podcast and there was a shed antler out in the field in the DNR of Wyoming put a little GPS tracker inside the horns and that way if someone picked it up because it was right by the road obvious and another thing is this was on private property so whoever went and gathered it broke trespass laws as well but someone went and picked it up and then sold it to the antler buyer and uh so the Wyoming Fish and Game come to him and said uh we uh or they called him and said did you buy antlers from so-and-so and he pulled out his receipt book and they said he said yes they're like okay well we need to see this these antlers and so he told them where he is at and they're like okay we'll be there in five minutes so they already knew where he's at and so he walks out there to his trailer that he keeps all of his shed antlers that he buys and he digs them out and shows them and they're like well this is where the gps tracker brought us right to your trailer they had a GPS tracker right in it. And I'd heard of this before, but I was always thought it was myth. But I keep hearing it, so apparently it's not. I mean, I'm sure that if you were to go deep enough in the... I'm sure if you were to go deep enough in the mountains, it's not going to be DNR just roaming up there. You never know. I mean, then again, fish cops love <laughs> just handing out them fines. Oh, they do. Love giving out fines just as much as we like elk hunting. Elk hunting. <laughs> I just truly enjoy shed hunting more than any other spring activity. I know we could be turkey hunting, and I thought about doing that. Seems how they closed it down, but we're too late on that. Turkey hunting really wasn't my thing when I did it that one time. No, because we could get an OTC turkey tag, but that's not till May. The April turkey tags you have to draw. So, like, no, I'm spending my time shed hunting. They should have gave us given us a warning. (laughs) So that way we could have done gotten prepared for other spring activities if we're not allowed to do this. You as a youth can hunt an OTC turkey in April. It's only a two-day season, but if you want to do that, it's something definitely we can look into. Alright. Why not? Something to do, huh? Yeah. Spring's pretty boring. So is summer. (laughs) Summer's really boring. And then Pat was was talking to him because I wanted to do spring bear. And he's not thinking it's going to be a very good spring season because of the amount of snow. He says he don't think they're going to be coming out till mid-May, June. So, I mean, my birthday, it'd be a good uh, present if I already got a tag. <laughs> yeah. I just wish my birthday was during the first draw times. Oh, but for some reason, shed hunting just draws me, and I can't get enough of it. I love getting out in the spring to get rid of the cabin fever, to enjoy being out with the wildlife, learning everything I can about these species we're out there chasing. Just by watching them, getting photos of them. See, I get really excited when you find a shed, so there's been a couple of times when I've had to put it back <laughs> to get a picture of it. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like, dude, we got to get a picture. I don't, I don't care if I found it or not. It's just, it's cool. <laughs> I remember the one, is that one six point I found, and you'd almost stepped on it. You were in front of me, and I was like, hey, look in front of you. And you look at it, and you're like, and I was busy pulling my phone out, and you run over there, and hurry and pick it up and I'm like dude 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 I gotta get a picture where it lays first I don't know why I just want it <laughs> I'm sure once you get a bunch of sheds you're just gonna stop taking pictures unless they're huge yeah I don't know why I do memory pretty much I guess I mean if you just just bring a GoPro you wouldn't even have to I know now that we have a GoPro I want to start using that I need a force seen, myself to use it just to learn it learn how to edit videos and I don't know why just to do it I uh, just bring their dog out there they'll spot them and then their dog will just 
mosey their way on over there. It doesn't seem as fun. I, mean, I just I love to load the pack up, throw some snacks in, and go hiking for the day. Even if I don't find no sheds, I love getting to the top of a mountain and be like, mm, I want a snack. Sit down and break out some peanut butter or whatever. Or some of that tuna. Mm-hmm. I remember that tuna. <laughs> I found some really old open pack of tuna from last shed hunting season. That's why my pack stunk up so bad. I mean, out in the cold, but I brought it inside. It was pretty stinky. Yeah, I just love it. I love hiking to these spots I really wouldn't go for any other reason. And finding a shed is just kind of a bonus in it. Good bonus. Really good bonus. I remember one thing from a, a shed hunting is when I found that hat. I don't know why. I just remembered that. You find a lot of random shit out there. I don't even get why people just walk out there and drop a hat. I'm sure it gets blown away or whatever. Like a lot of the trash we find. I don't know. Just that elation you feel when you do find a shed is, isn't really replaceable by anything else. I mean, it's different than when you kill, kill an animal and harvest I haven't found very many sheds, but it's super cool, and I found, like, a broken-off antler. Because we have all them all put up on the... Man, I forgot what it's called. With the shutdown, it's going to be hard to really get five full weekends of shed hunting in. It's going to be difficult now that we're... I mean, that, that took out an entire month of what I was planning on shed hunting. I was planning on shed hunting from the last week of March clear to June. Wait, so just, like, going up there every day? No, just like weekends and whenever we have time. Oh. You know, even if it's just a couple hours after work or even buzz up the hill there and just walk around, whatever. What's the closest place for you to go shed hunting? Uh, it depends. Really, everything's at least, I don't know, we've shed hunted out here and we didn't find anything when that was only a 20 minute drive. I think it was too low. I found some sheds up in the Buckskin Hills, but not a lot. Not very much. That's a 20-minute drive. It's a good thing you're not planning on going up there. Just gave it away. And then where we always shed hunt, that's like a 45-minute drive. So, I don't know. It's going to be difficult with the shutdown. We'll still manage it, but it's going to be difficult. And I'm already seeing social media posts of people already picking up sheds. I don't know if they're this year's or last year's, where they're at, any of that. And it's like... I want to really do that. wants me to get out there and now we have to wait clear to May. I mean, uh, we have to wait 10 weeks from now. I think the wait's already been long enough. I know. I just hope that we can, once they do get out, we can just go really hard into it. Like, do you think we could do a backpacking uh, shed hunting trip? Oh, yeah. I would definitely want to do that. I've always wanted to try to find somewhere like that, mainly because of, like, watching Eric Chesser and his shed seasons, and he does that a lot, and that just looks so fun, so epic, so relaxing, so peaceful. The closest place I think you could do it was probably a book close. But I don't know, I don't really know where, because usually places have roads all around them. Mm -hmm. I really want to, like, wish Lucas would get into finding sheds for us. I know that's a pretty big thing, especially back east, you know, these dogs that are trained to find sheds i watched the video i was just watching before we came down here um i was watching one of a guy that brings his it's a black and white dog and he's, he finds a bunch of huge antlers i really want to find a deadhead me too that'd be epic i just want to find one i can keep me too it's gonna be difficult in utah but no it won't <laughs> this 
That's apparently how bad the snow's been. Right. But uh, deadhead is a term used in the community of finding or gathering sheds with a skull still attached. I couldn't find any real definition of that when I was researching it. That was the best one I could come up with. Yeah, I'm pretty good about not swearing. So in Utah, you cannot even touch a deadhead. You have to, if you find a deadhead, you have to take photos from several angles, pinpoint the location of the skull, preferably with GPS coordinates, report your find to a division office, provide key details in your report, the DWR will send a conservation officer to investigate if the animal was poached. If it's clear the animal died of natural causes, they may, keyword may, allow you to keep your find. Which I know they do sometimes, but... I'll throw my puppy eyes up. <laughs> it reminds me of watching Hush, uh, one of their videos, their old uh, camera guy, Chad? I think his name was Chad. But anyways, he found a deadhead and Chica had to take a DNR officer in there. And the guy's like jacked. And he hiked that DNR officer to death. He got to the skull and ended up puking his guts out because they hiked so hard. That would be great. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd probably like drag it over <laughs> another mile or two. Well, if you touch it, then you've disturbed the crime scene. And you could probably get fined for that. I couldn't find any info on Colorado Parks and Wildlife website about keeping deadheads. So I went to a shed hunting forum to get some info, and the general census on the forum was that you can keep deadheads as long as it's definitely without question a deadhead and not a poached animal. If you suspect it has been poached, you really should call CPW for clarifications. And which makes sense. I mean, we all need to work with our state agencies to report any suspicious activity or poaching activities. We keep talking about poaching, and we got to really curb that because it's just going to ruin everything for everyone else, for us law-abiding citizens. I just hope there's not too many people that break the law on the shed hunting because that means everyone else doesn't really have fair game. Are you allowed to keep any antlers if they're on the road or no? So a big reason why a lot of people shed hunt anymore, it didn't really used to be this way. Yeah, everybody's always sell, sold their shed antlers, but it didn't really used to be just for that. Now it seems like there's so many people out there just trying to make a living at it. That's how full of them trailers are when people are buying antlers. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever sell an antler. I mean, it's because, like, this is an article from Go Hunt's Insider membership here. And the average price of a 200-inch mule deer set is $400. Maybe I'd sell an antler. (laughs) Well, that's a set, so you have to find the set to begin with. And it's 200-inch, so that's a big boy. So that's $400 for two horns. I mean... There's some gold out there, but that's pretty rare. Plus, I'd want to keep anything that big. A 400-inch elk set usually sells for around 1000 I wouldn't give away a 400-inch elk Me neither. Fuck that. You could give me ten grand, and I probably wouldn't fucking give it up. There isn't enough money for me to give up a that big of a rack. <sighs> eh, you just dropped the F-bomb twice. <laughs> Great job. Yeah, conservation wins. So we'll go over some prices I found. And this is from 2015. So these are old prices. I know brown elk sheds last year were going for $18 a pound. And on this chart I found on Go Hunt's website, it's $12 a pound. 
so it's quite a big jump there but we'll still give out these prices because this one thing is a shed antler buyers usually don't like to advertise their price so it's incredibly hard to find what prices they're selling at you can directly ask them and unless you're trying to sell them they won't tell you I don't know why they're so secretive about it because they're always trying to outbid each other I don't know I found this from Go Hunt's website and for deer and elk if the quality's brown it was $10 a pound and elk was $12 a pound so there's a better price for elk sheds now according to the mediator podcast we was listening to with the shed antler buyer he pays the same price for deer and elk no matter what that's what he said who knows if it's true he just pays his grading one through five and he has prices at it and it's, it is what it is he's a straight shooter he says then white was six dollars a pound and for mule deer white elk sheds were eight dollars a pound chalk were two dollars a pound for mule deer three dollars a pound for elk i might give away a chalk but chalks are usually a lot lighter yeah this article is pretty interesting i mean look at this look at all those that's enough to fill up an entire backyard so it's quite yeah a bit. i mean that, that's like probably one of them sea containers full right there but what drives the market for shed antlers is dog treats and dog chews like eric checkers Eric Chesser makes at racksnacks.com. If you're wanting to buy a dog chew for your dog, I'd check them out. They're pretty pricey, but they're supposed to be long-lived. Um, Think you'd ever get one for Luke? If I get one for Luke, I'll just go find the shed and cut it myself. Um, I won't pay for it. I'm cheap. I'm tight. But he made that racksnacks.com, and it stands It's R-A-K-S-N-A-K-S.com. Racksnacks.com. And R-A-K isn't, he isn't calling out your horn as a rack. He's saying it's random acts of kindness is where you got a rack. But then there are other uses are crafts, decor, like I use them upstairs above the kitchen cabinets, decorations. Knives, chandeliers, I mean we've all seen the antler chandeliers and stuff. Those are really cool. Mm-hmm. I would love to have one. But most antlers are sold to the Asian market. The Asian market is for medical reasons. Uh, Key findings for this is both in vitro and in vivo pharmacological studies have demonstrated that deer antler base possesses, that is like a 18 letter word, I will try it, (laughs) immodulatory, anti-cancer, anti-fatigue, anti-osteoporosis, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, anti-stress, antioxidant, hypoglucosamine, hyperplasia. Although the mechanism of actions is still not clear, the pharmacological activities could be mainly attributed to the major bioactive compound amino acids, polypeptides, and proteins based on animal studies and clinical trials. Deer antler bases cause no severe side effects. So they grind them up and make them into pills. You can get on Amazon and buy them. They're usually called like Velveteen or something like that. So do you think those antlers that I found that are all broken, I think those would work for training? Yeah, but you're not going to get a very good price out of them. When they're broken like that, you're probably not going to get a very good price. I mean like the ones we have upstairs for like training Lucas. Oh, yeah. For training? I thought you said trading. Oh. 
For training? Yeah. They would work. Is that so I could probably hide like three of them from him? Haven't you taken them once? Mm-mm, I never have. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I would. I don't know. I think you'd have to leave him off the leash, but if a deer to pop up, he'd... Now you have that shocker, shock collar. Yeah, I've tried like hiding him in the yard and having him go find him, and he does all right with it, but I just don't know if the scent's not good enough or what. Sense must be great. He's pretty blind. <laughs> oh, I just love getting out and shed hunting. The exercise of it. I love that. I love the hiking. I love just... the sense of when you get back to the truck and you found one. Yeah, the, that is pretty good to the sense of accomplishment you get there. Or like after you climb up that hill, hike up might not be the greatest. Yeah. Or down, but then once you get back, you're like, that was worth it. I don't know. It's... I thought I'd have a lot more to talk about with shed hunting, but with the recent closure here in Utah, it really kind of put a damper on it, and I don't know, it just put a huge damper on the whole wanting to get out and shed hunt, because I feel defeated already. I feel like people are going to get out there and have them all picked up before I get there. I'm See, still going to go, because I do love the exercise of it. I love getting out, but it kind of like dampered the hype of doing it. That's why I... Like, even before they really start to drop out, I want to be out there. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get out this weekend and just go find them, just to see where they're at, where they're wintering. Because I've heard they're actually, well, to begin that off with, I've been thinking all year, since all winter, like, where are we going to shed hunt this year? I don't really like my spot that I have. I don't find a lot there, and there's a lot of people that shed hunt. And then I think, well, with this much snow, they're probably going to be lower, so where am I going to go? Do we just go back to where we were shed hunting and finding chalk? Because maybe that's where they like to winter when it's the snow's this deep. And so I was like, well, we need to get out and do some scouting for shed hunting. And we will. Just we'll have to wait till about April to see where they're at. Now, it's going to be a difficult year, I think. Real difficult year. Because there's going to be so many people out there doing it anyways. That many people. There's not that much space. And I'm sure that, honestly, it's... I mean, it's a good thing more people are getting out, but, you know, I kind of want to find all them. We'll have to do another update on our shed season, I guess. It'll be a little bit of a break. You got anything else to add about shed hunting? Uh, I mean, I did until I forgot to think about it. We'll get into the news portion here then. Did you listen to that podcast about the... You were in the truck. I just don't know if he was paying attention to it. When he was going to Salt Lake for RJ's hockey game and uh, they were talking with the guy that pulled okay to start that off I hadn't heard of this which I don't know how I had but there was a guy that got stuck in a vault toilet in Montana like an outhouse like the outhouses oh. you see at boat ramps and stuff he got stuck in one like inside the toilet? yeah because he dropped his phone down there and wanted to retrieve it did you listen to that podcast? No, I, I was too busy listening to music. It was like a two-hour podcast, but to make it sh shorter, there was a guy that dropped his phone down the toilet, so he took it off, took the... You can just pull those toilets up, and that's how they suck them out when they need to. But he took that off and crawled down in there to get his phone. And to make things even worse, the guy didn't want to get his clothes dirty, so he got naked to crawl down in this fucking cesspool of shit. Uh, that That's traumatizing. <laughs> You can have my phone. <laughs> right? I'd fucking go to work and buy a new phone. <laughs> I don't need a phone that bad. Oh. He must have had like a brand new seven days ago. I bought this. 
right? Oh, geez, but... And supposedly this is a big dude, like a 400-pounder. And he'd been stuck in there for hours, couldn't get out. And uh, these this couple finally pulled up, and he's going to go in there to use the restroom. And he went to pull the door open, and it's locked. And then he starts walking away to just piss outside. And the guy goes, Hello? Anybody there? And so the guy breaks in there, ends up helping him get out, which took a couple couple hours to get him out because he was a big old boy and he couldn't quite pick him up. Had to get some more help there to pick him up and get him out. That's traumatizing. <laughs> I, I would need therapy for months after that. <laughs> you and the deer, dude. You and the deer. That reminds me of something Lucas did while we were up on the mountains. Oh, did you hear the story about the guy that put glitters on his scrotum? What? No. Never heard of that. It was pretty nuts, wasn't it? <laughs> Do you get that? Oh! <laughs> Dad joke. <laughs> that took a second. Uh, anyways, now bear and cougar application season is open in Utah. Just opened on the 7th, and I think you have the rest of February to put in. So if you want to do that, go get put in. And then the last bit of news I have to deliver is the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Congress delivers big win for elk and deer hunters. I haven't heard of it. What is it? I'll read it right now. Critical financial help is on the way for researchers and game managers dealing with chronic wasting disease. So CWD. Yeah. We've all heard of it. Congress including the Chronic Wasting Disease Research Management Act within the omnibus budget bill that passed prior to adjournment of the recently completed 117th session. This funding to fight CWD was a 2022 legislative priority for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and it's vitally important for the future of elk and other ungulates. CWD research, wildlife management, and hunting, said Kyle Weaver. RMEF President CEO, we salute Congress and thank our coalition partners RMEF members and sportsmen and women for helping to push this across the finish line. So what it is is Congress uh, devoting 19.5 million for CWD efforts in 2023, which is good. That's awesome. Maybe they'll actually be able to do something about it. Because yeah, I mean, I know it kind of takes time to boil your school if you're out of state. Yeah. Because a lot of people just want to take a truck and maybe a small trailer if they go anywhere so they don't want to be mm-hmm. which there's a I think it's called Montana Euro or something like that and it's a company out of Montana and there's something Montana in their name and I should probably know this but they make a portable skull boiling kit and it's probably like this like 18 inches by like 2 feet by 2 feet or something like that so it's it can fit in the back of your truck easy comes with a propane bottle and everything so you can hurry and boil a skull so you can cross it across state lines legally. Well, this one's very useful. Think you ever can get one? I do want to get one. I'd use it here at home too. I don't like the setup I have. Hey, your setup's janky. It was free, alright? It was free. I built it for free, okay? So don't be judging. Yeah, you gotta go turn the twist every like 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, so yeah. you can't get sucked into a movie. <laughs> yeah. It is a pain in the ass. Can't leave home with it. But we'll upgrade that someday. It works. (laughs) 
Well, that'll do it for this evening, folks. Appreciate you tuning in. Have fun. Get out there and shed hunt. Shed hunt legally, please. Peace out. Bye, folks. Once again, I had to add up a few more citations I got myself here into. So, here's another 350 to conservation. Thank you.